This is Jimmy Burns from Melbourne, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and oh. should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. In case you didn't know, we originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Widely considered to be the barbecue capital of the North Coast. In any event, I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard right here on this very show. If you have always wondered to yourself, self, I have a hot take. I have an email that I want to blast off to Greg and all the folks at the Barbecue Central show, but I don't know how to do that. Well, let me help you out with this bit of information. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com. Or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about, oh, 13, 14 minutes from now, he is the creator of the most heavily trafficked and popular barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth currently. He is also now multiple, well, single-time author, working on being multiple-time author. And most importantly, the second Tuesday of the month, regular scheduled guest, the proprietor of AmazingRibs.com, Meathead Goldwyn, will be joining us. And as usual on those Tuesdays, and as usual... He will be joining us for the second interview segment, or I guess that would technically be the third segment of the show. But the second interview segment in this first hour. So, Meathead Goldwyn, on tap for this evening, your Facebook questions. We have some perhaps updated 2018 barbecue trends. I know I caught Meathead off guard last month when I asked him about trends and he didn't really put a lot of effort. Or I blindsided him a little bit, so he didn't put in the research in order to make those valued prognostications, as it were, in relations to barbecue and grilling trends that we might see this year or what might be trending out or be on the lookout for something new and a whole bunch of other stuff. So Meathead Goldwyn coming up in just a few short minutes. And then we will move into the second hour. We had him on a month or two ago. He is from, by all accounts, uh, from barbecue royalty. You ever heard of Sweet Baby Ray's? Yeah, of course. You know, in the vast amount of crap barbecue sauce that exists out there in the marketplace today, 
And when I say crap barbecue sauce, I'm talking about that overly olfactory liquid smoke kick you in the face or lower type of a scent. But again, that's just my nose and my palate. I don't really dig that kind of stuff. And typically you find that in a lot of big manufacturers, but not Sweet Baby Ray's, one of my favorite mass-produced barbecue sauces. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. The head chef at Sweet Baby Ray's Catering, the creator of Deuce's Wild Barbecue Sauce and competition team, We'll be rejoined again by Deuce Raymond. We're going to be talking about a number of things. He's giving some talks coming up here for catering. So if you're into catering or you're thinking about getting into catering, that's something you're going to want to listen to. He's also going to be at the National Barbecue and Grilling Association's conference next month, which I will also be at in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And we'll also take a peek at his 2018 competition schedule. So that'll be Deuce Raymond. And then we will close out the show with an open segment. I have a whole bunch of stuff to get to. If you've always wanted to call into the show, I'm more than happy to have you at that point as well. I'll give you contact information so you can do that as I see fit. So there you have it. Meathead Goldwyn coming up here in a few. Meathead Goldwyn coming up in a few short minutes. Deuce Raymond, second hour, open segment to close out the show all the fun and frivolity that you come to expect right here in the Barbecue Central show. All right, so do me a favor. If you're getting the show on the podcast, take a few minutes after you get done listening to the show, A, form an opinion if you've never heard about it before, and then rate and review the show. All ratings, one through five stars, are welcome. I just please ask that you give your honest opinion. Rating and reviewing helps bring visibility. This works in any platform, by the way. So if you're strictly an iTunes guy or gal, or if you're strictly a Android person or however you get it, doesn't matter. Rate and review the show. That would be great. I would appreciate it. All right, here we go. New sponsor rolling out. As you can see it in the top right corner, we welcome Traeger Grills to the advertising partnership stable. This is a huge get, I mean, as far as visibility and size in this market. I don't know if it gets any bigger than Traeger, especially when you relate it to wood pellet cookers. They're obviously the longest-running wood pellet brand of cookers out there. They had seen some shaky times there over the last handful of years prior to the uh, the old new ownership and the new new ownership taking over and kind of re-steering and reforming that old core value that the original Traeger used to have. And uh, I am very excited to have them on. And they're coming on as kind of a name sponsor as well. So as we go, you will be hearing us race to the Traeger Grills hotline, of course. You will also be hearing the really big voice guy say a really cool tagline that sounds like this. All guests appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. And that sounds great. Thank you to David Lee for voicing that. The really big voice guy. We love it. And I have a new graphic that we will be splashing up there in between guests like I used to do with uh, Smithfield. So they uh, Traeger's really stepped up in a big way. Of course, again, they are the leader in the industry. So uh, I'm very excited to have them on. 
and uh, welcome them to the partnership table. Now, some of you might be asking, say, hey, you know, you already have some pellet cooker sales and pellet cooker manufacturers out there already. Aren't you pissing people off by doing that? And the answer is no. I don't not approach my current advertising base, especially if it's like like brands or similar models or in the same niche, if you will. Obviously, Green Mountain Grill has been a longtime sponsor of this show. Shout out to Jason Baker and the gang over Green Mountain Grills. Uh, obviously, Cook Shack does make a brand of pellet cookers, the Fast Eddie line, now Traeger. And uh, to a person, nobody has said, hey, no, 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 no. It's only exclusive. I'm the only this or I'm the only that. The good thing about the partners here on this show is they're very progressive. They're very open-minded. And they also believe in that there's enough room for everybody to play in the sandbox. And nobody's intimidated or scared when you look to compare and contrast the like brands that are within that market segment. Now, some people might be totally against that or other people would be like, no, I only want it to be about me. But that's kind of refreshing in this day and age that you have people that are a little bit more progressive and that are a little bit more forward thinking and realize the bigger picture here. And that is that they are aboard the Barbecue Central show train and everybody's going to benefit. And by the way, uh, no names, please, and no revelations, please, at this point. But there could be some really big things in the works. And for those partners that are on the show right now, there's going to be some pretty decent, non-agreed, non-pitched exposure that we could be getting here sooner than later. I'll have word on at least two opportunities here by the end of the week. So as that next edition of the barbecue, uh, the best ten, the best moments of the barbecue central show in ten minutes or less rolls out on Friday, I should have an idea of some new things that might be happening that I would be able to announce next week. So once again, welcome to Traeger Grills. TraegerGrills.com is their website. If you want to check it out, they have the uh, line of those traditional cookers, the Pro series, and of course you have the Traeger Timberline series that was. Just recently released last year, and they're really beating that manufacturing bell, trying to make sure that everybody's taken care of in that regard. So if you've been interested in the Timberline or it's something that you've been looking for, available for sale right now, go ahead and hit up TraegerGrills.com, find out where your local dealer is, and we'll take it from there. All right, Meathead Goldwyn coming up out of the break. I want to talk to you now about the longest-running sponsor of the show, the Barbecue Guru. You know, the Barbecue Guru always believes that outdoor cooking should be easy because it can be, especially with the new Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition cooker. The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control, greater freedom with automatic pit temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature and let the monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. The grill can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. We talk a lot about consistency here on this show and the monolith is going to help you achieve that. Here's some of the other great things about the monolith. So it's ceramic, it comes with a lot of great additional accoutrements that you don't normally get with some of those other competing ceramic grills. It comes with the nest. It comes with a 
uh, an ash tool. It comes with a diffuser plate. comes with the nest, all that good stuff that you're not going to get charged extra for or get a special package rate. This all comes with the purchase price. And again, as I just said, the Power Draft fan is built into this cooker. So if you already are a fan or you already own a Barbecue Guru controller, you don't need to get another one. This one will wire right to the fan operation that you have, and you can run the controller that you're already used to using. Very easy. Now, if you want to upgrade tech, if you want to get a different controller, you can certainly do that. You head on over to bbqguru.com. That's bbqguru, bbqguru.com, or you call them at 800-228-GURU. That's 800-228-GURU. And they will help you get outfitted with exactly what you need. If you have any questions, please call. Don't guess. But it's the monolith cooker with built-in power draft fan. First one of its kind. All right, we'll back with Meathead Goldwyn. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauce, and grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyard, not only domestically, but worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood. Be the king of your cul-de-sac. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. That's what we always say. And we appreciate the continued support of Dave Bosca and the gang over at Butcher Barbecue. All right, joining me now is the creator of the AmazingRibs.com website, a regular guest, the second Tuesday of the month guest right here. We call him Meathead Goldwood. Hey, Meathead. Hey, how you doing? Good. You've uh, adjusted your camera. No, my no? camera is malfunctioning. Uh, oh, backup I- camera. I uh, Yeah, and I'm working from the camera on my laptop. I don't know why. My uh, Logitech uh, other camera. Well, that's a long story, but it doesn't matter. I'm here, and you're there, and uh, good to talk to you and the Centralites. Absolutely. A pleasure to have you, as always, Meathead. So let me ask you straight out of the box. We have a lot of stuff to get to. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you... Uh, hold on a second. Let me drop this down. Did you uh, happen to see this thing that I have on? <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. Looks better on you than it does on me. Hey, all right. I'll take that compliment every day of the week. Um, I have often struggled in the live fire and barbecue and cooking realm with a word called kebab. And Ah! 
I I mean I I I think I want to be a fan. I and I just have really I've tried and tried. I think my wife really wants to be a fan, but it always ends up being kind of a miserable failure. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering, a are you a fan of kebab, or do you are you falling in my similar mindset? And and what can because um, Derek Richards just wrote a book about kebabs last year that was uh, doing pretty well, and I'm thinking to myself, could have there really been a book about kebabs, and are they that popular? So uh, indoctrinate me potentially to kebabs and. Are they good? Are they not good? Are they really popular? Are they really not? What do we think? Well, I got to tell you, my experiences are similar to yours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all right, let, let, let you know my penchant and love for history. I mean, in theory, they go back to Sumerian or Greek times where uh, the uh, warriors would put cubes or hunks of meat on their sword and hold it over the fire and hopefully not burn their hands. Um, and, uh, um, and then they got down to sticks, and you see them. I mean, we have a lot of Middle Eastern restaurants here in Chicago, mm -hmm. and they're impaled on little thin sticks. Um, here's, here's my issues with kebabs. Um, if you don't use a flat sword-like device, mm -hmm. they spin around. So... When you go to turn them, they don't always turn properly. So you, you solve that by putting two of those little bamboo things through it so you got like a raft and you can flip them. Um, and then people often put like onion or green pepper in between the hunks of meat, and they're much thinner. And we understand that thickness is what determines cooking time. So by the time the meat is ready, the onions are burned to a crisp, or if you pull them off when the onions are ready, the meat is not cooked properly. Usually you marinate the meat, um, which is a good flavor, way to build flavor, but it also wet surfaces impede browning. Um, I, I like the concept of cubes of meat and vegetables grilled and browned on all sides. But I prefer to just use a grill topper and throw them on a grill topper and roll them around so they get browned on all sides and that I can take them off as they get done because some are bigger than others and the little guys are going to cook faster and then toss them in a bowl and then they go on the rice or on a roll or whatever. So I have people send me all kinds of kebab spears and gadgets to try. And I'm with you, Greg. I just, they, I, I have um, several different grill toppers. Mm -hmm. And some are, you know, like stainless steel with holes cut in them. And not only are those great because you get smoke and um, uh, the, the drippings go through and they smoke. But you also have hot metal surface to help with browning. Um, and so I just prefer to take these cubes of meat and vegetables and toss them on the hot metal grill topper and roll them around. I think you get better flavor that way. Have you heard people say for kebabs, it's obviously it's best not to squish everything down onto one skewer, but skewer meat on one and veggies on a separate one and seafood on a separate one and, and do it that way? 
Well, sure, that makes huge sense. I mean, shrimp is going to cook a lot faster than lamb. Um, uh, a slice of onion is, what, at most a quarter inch thick, an eighth inch thick in most cases, whereas, uh, you know, a cube of lamb, an inch, two inches. The other thing I like to do when I'm doing th those kinds of meats is I like to make them fairly large. Um, I, you know, the standard is bite size, but all right, for me, meat is best when it's brown and crispy on the outside and medium rare to pink on the inside. And the skinnier the meat, the thinner the meat, things like um, uh, skirt steaks, by the time you brown the outside, the inside is overcooked. So if you've got little three-quarter inch cubes, bite-sized cubes, by the time you get the outside browned, especially if they've been marinated and they're wet, the inside is well past well done. So I like to cut them in, you know, I, I use like lamb shoulder or leg of lamb or beef shoulder, um, pork shoulder, and you just cut them into cubes, uh, maybe an inch or two, so you can brown them on the outside and still keep them a little uh, tender and juicy on the inside. So it does make sense if you're going to skewer them to separate them. Um, uh, one, one, one exception I think that makes a lot of sense is bloody asparagus. Hmm. Um, you know, they're constantly jumping between the grates and committing suicide. <laughs> there's, there's two solutions to them. Number one, grill grates. Uh, and I'm not. I'm using the brand name Grill Grates, not the generic name Grill Grates. There's a product out there that most of your listeners, I'm sure, know about. It, it, they look like railroad tracks, but they're bound together in the center, so they can't fall through. Mm -hmm. But they have holes to let the smoke up. Um, and the other is using these bamboo sticks, and you build like a raft. You take um, asparagus, and you get two of these bamboo sticks and you skewer them and put maybe five six seven eight of them together so you have a raft and then you can flip them over and uh that, that's a great way to cook asparagus get them really well grilled on both sides one of the few things i skewer anymore meathead goldwyn joining me here on the show from amazingribs.com if you want to check that out if you've never checked it out i well i i would say you're probably lying but Check it out again for the first time if it's been a little while. A lot of cool things going on over there. Uh, obviously, Meathead, uh, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Everybody loves to... Holy cow, is that right? That's right. It's oh, tomorrow. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? Oh, jeez. Oh, Hopefully, you knock that out of the out of the way this evening. This is date night for you usually, right, Meathead? Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we bailed on it. We didn't go to the movies tonight. I want to go see the Churchill movie. Um, usually we go to the movies just before I come on, um, but uh, so, so our schedule got screwed up. We didn't make it, and we're into we're into watching the Olympics. I just watched Sean yeah, White yeah. skate or skate uh, snowboard just before I, I came on. Um, so we're watching the Olympics. I'm missing the Olympics because of you and uh, <laughs> your audience, but uh, you're worth it, all of you. Um, I'm getting an email from John Dawson who's telling. I think, are, am I saying the what we were just kind of talking about? Kebabs. Is it kebabs? You know, I've seen it spelled K-A-B-O-B, K-A-B-A-B, 
K E B O B. I, you know, it's a foreign word, and so when it's translated, the the, the transliteration, which I think is the right term for when you take a foreign word and turn it in English, yeah. the transliteration gets mangled. It's like Calbi. Um, it's 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 a Korean grilled dish, Calbi. K-A-L-B-I, but no. it's often spelled Galbi, G-A-L-B-I, <laughs> so I don't know which is correct. Um, but, it, you know, it's it, it's it's Olympics time, so uh, if you and your readers have not tried Calbi, um, worth trying. All right. Um, now, we were talking about Valentine's Day being tomorrow. I shocked you because I just reminded you. Do you have a, like, sexy Valentine's Day dinner recommendation for the Central Lights or... Uh, you know what do you like? Well, I I have um a, a you know I have such a dirty job. Um, there's a really interesting meat purveyor out there called um it's butcher butcher block. What's the name of it? Butcham. Oh God, I'm forgetting their name, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go look them up in a minute. They shipped me some samples of some meat lately. And um, their pork chops were just outstanding. And I put them up against Allen Brothers' Berkshire pork chops, and they kick butt. Um, and I love Allen Brothers' beef. So tomorrow night I have some Allen Brothers' USDA prime beef and this butcher brand, butcher blah. I'm going to look them up, um, USDA prime beef. So we're going to have a couple of nice strip steaks for dinner tomorrow night. I'm going to make some glazed carrots um, and uh, a couple of baked potatoes. going to keep it simple. Um, uh, I do like to make um, uh, chocolate truffles. And the recipe for chocolate truffles is not grilled, but it is on AmazingRibs.com because it's just a really simple way to make a great chocolate treat for your lover, and they're not hard to make. All right, chocolate chocolate truffles. Chocolate truffles. All right, amazingribs.com. Grab that recipe if you want it. Last month, Meathead, we were talking a little bit. I think I probably caught you off guard a little bit on 2018 barbecue and grilling trends. Ah. Everybody loves to talk about trends at the beginning of the year. We like to prognosticate a little bit. And then at the end of the year, we like to see what did we really know or what didn't we really know, all that good stuff. So. Uh, what did you kind of find in your research after another month or things that you just think might either gain a little bit more momentum than they already have through the better part of the year here or something that we're not even seeing? It's not even on the radar that you just think is going to pop up. Well, I mean, you did. You caught me off guard, and so you got me thinking, and I actually went to the members of our Pitmaster Club, you know, and, and, and crowdsourced this because – there's so much wisdom in the crowd. Yeah. And uh, so I, I put together a little bit of a list of some of the things. Some of them are really obvious, but, you know, they're obvious to us. But to the consumer out there, they're really gaining momentum. Um, uh, first of all, I think in, in, the, in the entire world of culinary arts, um, the nerd approach, which I exemplify, <laughs> is really starting to catch on. Um, people are really interested in learning things like what temperature does fat melt at? What temperature does collagen melt at? Um, what is 
the cause of the stall. And we've talked about a lot of these things, and of course, that's a peg that we have hung our hat on at AmazingRibs.com and my book. Uh, but I think it's really starting to gain momentum in the general culinary world. Um, and people like Kenji Lopez-Alt um, are really uh, starting to uh, get momentum. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that since I talked to you last, Southern Living Magazine named my book one of the 100 best cookbooks of all time. Wow, all time. Yeah. Yeah, oh, right yeah. up there with Julia and Jacques and all the others. So right. um, that theory, I think, it, the, the idea that I spent a lot of time in the book explaining physics and chemistry of fire and smoke and meat, uh, um, uh, meat science, uh, I think, is an example of that. Um, I'm noticing, of course, we've noticed for a while. A lot of new barbecue joints, they're popping up like mushrooms after a storm. They're all over the place. I wonder if we're not moving into an era where every neighborhood is going to have a barbecue joint, just like every neighborhood has a pizza joint. Um, and and we we're seeing every neighborhood has a brew pub almost. Yeah. Um, so will we, are we moving into an era? I mean, with, the, with, the, with Southern Pride and Old Hickory, which are big box um, Ferris wheel type arrangements where you can cook a lot of meat really well under controlled temperatures. They're, ra they're, they're thermostat controlled. They're heated by gas, but they get a lot of flavor from wood. Yep. Um, and it, they're really easy to manage. And you can train somebody um, who you don't have to have a pit master with a hundred years of experience in, coveralls and a and a, a you know a, a blood-stained uh, apron on uh, you can train somebody to be a pit master in quotes you know in a couple of weeks on these things so it makes it fairly easy for a really good barbecue joint to open in almost any neighborhood and i think that trend is going to continue and one of the things that i think is happening i don't know if we've talked about this before but if you're anywhere near New York, boys and girls, you have got to cross over to Brooklyn, get down to Red Hook, and go visit Bill Durney's hometown barbecue mm -hmm. in Red Hook. Um, Bill is a, an example of what I consider a really exciting trend of um, barbecue, uh, where he's bringing Asian and Latin flavors into um, this uh, old, staid, southern repertoire, he's shaking it up and making marvelous flavors. I mean, if you're a purist and you just got to do ribs one way, and if you're from the Carolinas and barbecue is only pork, and if you're from Texas and all you cook is brisket, then don't go. But if you're into food and you love what fire and smoke and, and a creative chef can do to it, you need to go to uh, Hometown Barbecue in Red Hook, New York, uh, and see. Because I think that concept is going to really grow and spread across the country. And it's kind of what I'm working on on my next book. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one of the other things I've been seeing as I travel around and hit barbecue joints is they're cooking more vegetables. I see grilled cauliflower steak a lot. Um, I see a lot more grilled veggies and things 
seeping into the repertoire. And, you know, the old business of, well, it was just pork in South Carolina, and there was a Kansas City style, and there was a Texas style. Now you can come to a joint in Chicago. you got Deuce Raymond coming on next. Right. Deuce is a real good example of this. Deuce has no borders to his mind. Um, he, and, um, and he's, you know, he'll serve... Carolina barbecue and Texas barbecue and Memphis bar all under one roof. And I think that's a major thing happening in barbecue joints all over the country. Me How are we doing for time? Can I keep rambling or uh Tell you what, I'm going to cut you off right here, and uh, we'll catch up in just a couple minutes. We'll talk about some more trends, and, of course, we'll get to some of those Facebook questions because uh, we did have a number of those spring up here over the course of my All posting. Right, I'm going to see if I can fix both my audio and video, All so right. hopefully you, I don't lose you. You do that, and I will go ahead and talk to everybody here about uh, one of the longer-running sponsors of the show, uh, Sterling Ball, and the folks over at Big Papa Smokers. That's right. Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself, from award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grills and smokers. Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Big Papa Smokers, also known for the championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, and Cash Cow are proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. Big Papa Smokers offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Whether you're cooking to impress judges or grilling for family and friends, Big Papa's award-winning rubs and seasonings don't disappoint. If you're looking to improve the flavor of your competition barbecue, you can check out the rubs from Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what is known the West Coast Offense. Over the past few years, the WCO has cornered the market on competitive barbecue and redefining the flavor profiles that cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They also own the award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone, Granny's traditional yet powerful flavors will remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Sauce and other top-rated barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from the sauces and rubs, Big Papa's offers a variety of the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available on the market today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill, the Big Papa Smoker's exclusive dealer on that, by the way, and they offer special packages. If you're not a fan of the pellet smoker, take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal cooker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. Now, if you're a backyard guy like me, the M-Grill might be something you want to take a look at. They're built like tanks. They're going to last forever if you're not sure of what kind of grill you need. You really can't go wrong with what they have available at BigPapaSmokers.com. So here's what you do. Check out the website. See what every product they have could be and how it might help you with your backyard barbecue and grilling. And if you have any questions, you call them 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. And we are back with more Meathead Goldwyn right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Ready to get on the air. Call 
216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James of Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. If you don't like CookinPellets.com, you can purchase from Amazon.com as well. Either, both, doesn't matter. CookinPellets.com or Amazon.com. And remember, CookinPellets don't void any warranties for pellet cookers, so don't listen to anybody talking about that mess. I think that's illegal. Anyway, we rejoin Meathead Goldwyn right here on the show. Hey. Looks like you got your camera angle back up there, Meathead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got the other camera working. Uh, I don't know, uh, USB port problems, but it's all fixed. I'm back in business. Um, hey, I, you were mentioning one of my favorite products on your commercial. All right. uh, I do all my smoker recipe testing on a Mac 2 Star. Really? I've had it for years. Um, and what I love about working with pellets, and the Mac is to, happens to be the one I have, I really like it. But the whole thing about working with pellets is if I'm developing a recipe, I want to be able to tell people in the recipe how, how long it will take to cook approximately. I mean, we all know you can't nail the timing perfectly. But these pellet smokers, um, they have these electronic controllers. So when you set it at 225, it stays right near to it. Now, it, all, all ovens, like pellet smokers or indoor ovens, they go up to like 230, down to 220, up right, to 230. Right. They average 225. Your indoor oven, that sinusoidal wave, it's called a sinusoidal wave, that wave can fluctuate from top to bottom, maybe 20 or 30 degrees. Mm. On my Mac, it's like plus or minus five degrees. Uh, I love it, um, and uh, and and when I'm trying to get the timing of a recipe, I love working on a pellet smoker, and that Mac Two Star is really a great tool. All right, highly endorsed for Meathead Goldwood at AmazingRibs.com. Right. Not paid to make that endorsement by you or nope. Big Papa, whom is a he's a friend. I'll disclose that, but uh, it's a great tool. Uh, what other trends are you seeing well i mean this is not news to anybody who is really serious about barbecue who's listening but the so-called cheap cuts of meat that you know distinguish the origin of barbecue you know uh brisket uh they're not cheap anymore for Mm. crying out loud a brisket i saw it in the store the other day and chuck was cheaper than brisket which is just on you know um so these cheap cuts of meat, it's our fault. I mean, these we barbecue lovers, I mean, you only found brisket cooked in Texas for many, many years. It's now in half the barbecue joints in America. It's part of this globalization of barbecue that I was referring to. Um, and uh, uh, I, I think that the idea that barbecue is the way to make cheap cuts of meat better is sort of slipping behind us. Um and especially if you look at competitions, I mean, this has also been going on for years. So many cooks are cooking Wagyu brisket now. So it, it's, you know, and we're seeing more and more restaurants now serving prime brisket, Wagyu brisket, Berkshire or Corabuda pork, uh, pasture-raised chicken. 
um, high-end spices, new cuts of meat. Um, I, I recently wrote an article on our website about the rib cap. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about it here. It's a the spinalis dorsi. It's a little um, crescent-shaped muscle that wraps around the ribeye, and it almost always overcooks um, if on a ribeye steak or on a rib roast. But if you peel it off, the whole thing, if like you get a big old rib roast and peel it off, it's like a big salmon fillet. It's shaped like that. It's absolutely the single best muscle on the animal. And it's like Kobe or Wagyu. Um, it's just tremendous. Um, and uh, we're seeing rib cap now showing up on menus. I have seen tri-tip east of the Rockies. Used to be only just south Southern California. It has creeped north and east, and now tri-tip is starting to show up in uh, butcher shops and elsewhere. Um, we're seeing more and more restaurants doing things with pork belly, especially pork belly burnt ends. That's a thing now. Pork belly burnt ends. Oh, don't I know? We've got a, we've got a recipe for pork belly burnt end. Um, uh, uh, banh mi sandwiches, which are wonderful. You take those rich, succulent, oh, there they are, um, uh, pork bellies, and you crisp them, and, uh, and then you serve them with pickled onions and uh, wasabi, and man, what a combination. That makes, go, go check out our recipe for pork belly burnt and banh mi. They're fantastic. Um, I'm seeing more smoked chicken wings. Um, you just don't take chicken wings and throw them in the deep fryer anymore. Right. Now you smoke them first, and then they go in the deep fryer, and then you can throw on your hot sauces or your Asian sauces or all the cool sauces that people are playing with. Um, more and more uh, fancy blends for hamburger. Used to be, you just went out and bought an eighty twenty mix yeah. uh, of of beef beef uh, beef shoulder, you know, chuck and grind it up, and away you go. Uh, but now we're seeing, well, I use fifty percent brisket and uh, short rib and short rib <laughs> and twenty five, yeah, and and that's the big thing now is uh, uh, also we're seeing appellations, you know, like. This uh, this beef is from southern Montana, and it was fed nothing but oat husks. We're, we're you know starting to get like wine, right? You know, like I was just going to say that right. yep. um, area of origin, and now we're going to learn what they're fed, and maybe each animal's first name. Um, uh, but I think we'll, we're we're starting to see beef move into wine. Uh, I agree. I think, and I think we might have had this discussion a month or two ago, but I think this is from the millennial generation. They have shown a sincere interest, or perhaps what is viewed as a sincere interest, in knowing everything about everything that they're doing. That includes food. So they want to know how the beef is raised, what it's finished on, how was it murdered before it was butchered down was it did it feel good before it took the bolt gun to the head you know all that stuff because hey every little thing is going to affect how this ends up tasting in my mouth plus they want to know how to cook it that's why i was asking about when we were corresponding today earlier about those uh the emergence of the meal kit like blue apron and hello fresh and all this stuff where it's like people don't have time to do the shopping but they want to have 
really good food. So they have this service that will send it to you two or three times a week. And if you look at it from a shopping or a grocery shopping list cost perspective, it's actually probably cost or it's more cost effective because there isn't a lot of waste or you're not having to buy a bulk of an ingredient to only use once or twice. And then it sits up in your cabinet and goes bad. And then it's a waste, all that stuff, right? You know, there's been a, a lot of chefs are now talking about waste um, and how to deal with uh, the waste in the restaurant. You know, you're, you you get uh, Swiss chard and you cut the stems off and throw them away when they could go into a soup stock. Or you take carrots and you t- 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 chop the tops off. Um, what can be done with that? Uh, and uh, there's been some very creative stuff come of that. And that happens in my house even when I'm not doing recipe testing. Just, you know... I don't do a lot of recipe testing when there's a foot of snow on the ground like sure. we have now. Uh, and, you know, I, every week I find that there's just something rotting in my fridge. Right. And that has to be chucked out. And uh, I can understand how it would be, especially if you're working long, you're some lawyer working long hours and you right. don't have time to cook and, and you're uh, both spouses are working. Um, they deliver to your house. As long as they pick right. I mean, I, you know, it's like shoes. I like to try my shoes on before I buy. I want to pick my pro, my produce and my meat. I want to look at the marbling in the meat. I want to look at the – I don't have to have perfect produce. I, I know that, you know, misshapen and funny is fine with me. But I still want to pick it, and I don't know if I trust, you know, $15 an hour clerks to pick good produce for me. But, um, you know, it sounds like it's serving a need and it's catching on. Peapod's been out there for years. Um, one of the things we're doing at AmazingRibs.com is we, last November, we migrated from one con- um, platform content management system to another, to yeah. uh, a database system called Drupal. And right now, we are building a new recipe database. used to be our recipes were just like a Word document. Uh, They were just one article put up there. But we're now building a database for it where each ingredient has four segments. Hmm. Um, One segment is the quantity. One segment is the, like, three. three. The next segment is the measurement, cups. Um, The next segment is um, uh, chopped onion. Um, And the next segment is a checkbox. Do I need to order it? And then the next segment is is um, we have the ability to hook into a grocery chain like Walmart or Amazon. We'll, we're building this in so that you can check off on items on our new database what you need. It will communicate a shopping list yeah. to because uh, you can dr- you can tell Walmart your shopping list, drive up front, they detect your license plate, and they walk out front and hand you the bags of groceries, and off you go. Um, so we're trying to get in on this by building it into our recipes. So I you know I don't know that we can call that a trend yet because it's really not happened, but we're ready for we will be ready for it in another few months. Um, so I think we're going to see that. All right, Meathead, let me ask you a couple quick Facebook questions here as we're uh, quickly running out of time, as we always do, uh, the no, second Tuesday of the more. month. From Josh Poston, he says, I've been seeing a lot of people talking about smoking water 
to make ice cubes to go in whiskey-based drinks. Is it possible to smoke water? Oh, geez. Um, you know, I can't ever claim to have invented anything, but I think I'm the one to blame for popularizing this. Um, uh, what you do is you don't have to smoke the water. What you do is you get a bunch of ice cubes and you put them in a pan. And smoke is attracted to cold surfaces. It's called thermophoresis. And uh, I've written about this both in the book and on the website. So you put the pan of ice cubes in your smoker, and the smoke is attracted to the ice cubes, just like steam is attracted to the mirror in your bathroom. Yeah. And it sticks, and so you get smoky-flavored water when the ice cubes melt. Now you take the smoky-flavored water, and you freeze it back, and you toss it in your Bloody Mary or toss it in with some cheap bourbon and bring it up a notch. And it's a really fun thing to do, and it's a great technique for upping um, uh, your uh, your mixed drinks. Is it a good smoke flavor, like a clean smoke flavor, or is it like a dirty yeah. smoke flavor? Yeah. In fact, I've tried using the smoking gun. I don't know if you've seen yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. it's a little gadget. It looks like a hash pipe. Yep. Um, and, in fact, it probably could be used for a hash pipe. Um and uh, it was better than using the $100 smoking gun. I liked the flavor, and uh, it did. It took a cheap-ass bourbon and made it taste like a decent bourbon. What's your favorite thing to barbecue, and what's your personal favorite cooker? Well, I've already said that I use, when I'm smoking, the, um, uh, the Mac, Mac 2 Star, Star right. a lot. I mean, especially if, I'm, if I want to get the timing down. Um, if, but I have Max Good, who talks to you a lot, is our um, full-time grill and smoker tester, and he knows these subjects better than I. But when he's done testing stuff, occasionally he'll let me have them, and um, so I've got a pretty nice collection of stuff on my deck. And you know, I I play with big green egg. I've got a big green egg. I've got a. Uh, um, uh, a hasty bake. Uh, um, uh, I've got uh, a Cook Air. I've got a uh, PK. I've got a Weber. Uh, I just absolutely love the slow and sear attachment to the Weber kettle. Mm -hmm. um, you can do just about anything on a Weber kettle with a slow and sear. Um, uh, you can smoke and grill. Um, I use that a lot because it's just my wife and I, so I'm not cooking large quantities. Um, I've got a pizza oven. I've got an uni pizza uh, oven, which is a pizza oven that burns pellets. So I got a lot of stuff, and I'm constantly experimenting. I think in answer to your question, not dodging it, I probably use the good old-fashioned Weber kettle an awful lot, and I use the slow and sear insert a lot too. It seems to be that's why it's like the most popular grill in the world, right? Yeah, and I know it could be improved, and I think they do too. Uh, you know, I would like to see the charcoal grill on the bottom uh, where I could raise and lower it. I'd like to get that charcoal grill right up under the uh, gr cooking grill um, for doing steak searing and stuff. But the slow and sear solves that to an extent. So, um, you know, there are little things I think I could do better with it. But one of the best things about the old Weber kettle is is that the lid fits fairly snug. Mm -hmm. And cooking's all about temperature control. And when you're cooking with charcoal, temperature control means oxygen control. And by the way, we were talking about trends. 
one of your sponsors, Barbecue Guru, invented, led the way, created the whole concept of thermostat control, and that's really starting to gain momentum, and there's a lot of competition for them out there now, and I think that's a trend. We're going to see a lot of competing um, thermostat controllers. Barbecue Guru is uh, not alone in the field. They're still you know, leading the field in many aspects. But um, I think we're going to see more and more of those. Digital anything, you know, I mean, everything talks to your phone yeah. now. Um, your, your thermostat controller, uh, that, that's just, you know, it, it may go too far. I mean, you know, I don't need everything talking to my phone. But, uh, and we, you and I have talked before about sous vide. Um, you know, I think it's going to last a little while. But I got I to gotta tell you, Greg. You were skeptical. I was a fan. Mm -hmm. I'm falling a little out of love with sous vide barbecue, sous vide Q. I still love it for a lot of things, but I've decided there are some things it's not that great at. You can find Meathead at AmazingRibs.com. I'm going to keep the rest of these Facebook posts for next month because a couple of them are pretty good, but you're going to need a lot more time to stretch out on some of this stuff because it involves well, why don't we, why dirties. Why don't we do a two-hour gig one night? Hey, uh, I just try to accommodate you. If you can go uh, two hours on a, we'll make it a special right. edition, right? I just, I you know, when you and I talk, it's like we're in a bar, right? You know, um, you know that God Almighty, this is the this is a mark this down in your books. All right, what, what's missing? You don't have a drink in your hand, meathead. Damn. What? Damn. Oh boy, look out! I always have a glass of wine when I'm talking That's to you. Right. You nailed it. What happened? I know I, I ran in from the living room where I was watching the Olympics, and I forgot to bring my drink. Well, go get lubed up, and in the meantime, we'll visit you over at AmazingRibs.com. As always, Meathead, appreciate the time. Oh, Greg, always great talking to you in the bar. There he is, Meathead Goldwyn. Here we go. Now check this out. All guests appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. Mm -mm -mm. Yummy. That's right. So, uh, that's Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. If you want to check it out, punch up the website, AmazingRibs.com. I'm going to talk to you about the newest sponsor of the show off the top of my head. I'll have more of a formal read, uh, hopefully next Tuesday. But in the meantime, if you are looking for a pellet cooker, if you're beginning to think about jumping into this portion of the market. You've looked at offset cookers, you've looked at bullet-style charcoal-driven cookers, and you realize you want something, as Meathead says, that is able to uh, use a wood source for fuel, which wood pellets are, obviously. But you want something that's a little easier to use as far as fire management. Certainly, you got to maintain the Traeger to a certain degree. you got to make sure that you suck out some of the ash after so many uses. Make sure that the auger's running properly, all this good stuff. But basically, all you have to do is make sure that the pellet hopper is full of pellets and you're kind of off and running. So you pick that temperature you want it to cook at and away you go. You can put the meat on and then go mow the lawn or take a trip out to the grocery store because you forgot some things. And they have a number of different models for you to choose from. So if you have a particular budget, that you need to stay within, or if you have a certain amount of capacity that you're trying to get to, or you're floating between a couple of, hey, you know me, I love to tell people 
to buy a couple different size cookers because then you can use one one time or use the bigger one the next time or use them both if you're having a really big party or maybe it's a similar size party to what you normally throw but you want to be able to do a couple different things and one cooker wouldn't cut it for you where Traeger has all the options that you're going to need TraegerGrills.com that's TraegerGrills.com as far as the website and then of course they have the tech to back it up especially if you're looking at one of those timberline cookers it'll connect to your wi-fi network it has recipes that it can download from the cloud it's going to save information to the cloud a lot of this stuff now going cloud-based so you don't even have to be around your house in order to log on to the app and see where the cooker's at see where the internal temperature of the meat is at that is on those timber lines and they have the Blue smoke technology, so it's constantly getting with this uh, patented downdraft exhaust system. The blue smoke is coming over the food all the way around it constantly, and then that's being cycled out the bottom and rear of your Timberline cooker. Wow. Technology at the forefront. That's TraegerGrills.com. TraegerGrills.com, newest sponsor of the show. Very happy to have them aboard. We'll be back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. I want to give you a little teaser as to what we'll be asking. This will be the lead question, unless we're talking about some other big-ticket items before we jump back into the Facebook questions. And it's always fun to submit a Facebook question in for Meathead. He always has a take, always has a spin on it. So if you're listening to the show for the first time, feel free to email me, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, and in the subject line, put question for Meathead for a future show, and then just jot it down. I'll go ahead and mix it in. That's no problem. But the embedded Texas correspondent, Doug Scheiding, has sent a message that says, I love tuna tartare, but don't eat steak tartare. Ever. Does meat have... Does meat have... I can't read. Does he eat steak tartare at restaurants? Does he make it at home? Risk does not seem worth the reward. Hmm. So that's what we're going to lead with Meathead in March. I got to tell you, I'm right in the same camp as Doug Scheiding here. I have never, ever eaten steak tartare. Now, my brother, for instance, he loves steak tartare. He'll go to the restaurant and eat it. I don't think he makes it at home. Uh, But to me, that risk is not worth the reward. Plus, it seems, I don't know. I don't want to say weird, but... I'm a little skit. I'm more skittish eating raw meat with an egg on top of it, quail egg, than I am eating a raw piece of fish. What do you think? Let me know. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Hit me up on the Facebook or on the Twitter at BBQ Central Show for either. That's Facebook.com slash BBQ Central Show or 
at BBQ Central Show on Twitter or the Instagrams. All right, we will step away really quick, reset for the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Rennie Kanoff with ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you doing? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet before we nursed. Oh listen, Laverne, it's shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Greetings, and welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. If you're just tuning in, you missed the first hour, shame on you. Where did you go? Where were ye? Were you like Meathead trying to watch those Olympics? All right, I, I can get it. A lot of people in my house like to watch the Olympics. Big Olympic fans here in this house. I'm kind of take it or leave it on the Winter Olympics, but I'm much more of a fan of, uh, I'm just reading something here. Uh, I hate links. Oof. John Dawson weighing in raw fish. You won't eat cooked fish, and then gives me the quote, succulent fish, what? <laughs> Boing! You're right. Again, I'm more prepared in my mind to eat raw fish than raw meat. And remember last year, I did the whole thing like towards Super Bowl or whatever it was last year or during playoff time of uh, football season that a lot of people up in the middle north part of the country, like Wisconsin, were eating tiger meat sandwiches. It was uh, tiger meat and then the other one, I forget what the uh, the other name for it was. Blood ball or yeah, tiger meat really sticks out though. But that was hamburger that was put on like a bagel chip or a saltine cracker with some raw slivered onions, salt, pepper, and away you go. No thanks. Tiger meat sandwiches. Meanwhile, centralites in Wisconsin are like, 
Rampy, you haven't lived yet until you've had tiger meat sandwiches. I'll have 10 for you this weekend. Fine. Have 10 for me. Have 15. Have all you want for me. I am not. I am not. Andrew, you are not the I am not eating tiger meat sandwiches. No matter how good it tastes, no matter how good that raw, ground-up hamburger tastes, I am not. Andrew, you are not the I feel so bad for that. Dude was so happy that he was not the father. Uh, meanwhile, you got a kid. <laughs> well, not you, but that lady has a kid, and that he's got no doubt. Who's the dad? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was the guy who took on Maury Povich, but he didn't turn out to be the guy. He was not Andrew, the father. You are not the father. Oh, yeah, yeah. Welcome to your hard life, kid. <laughs> Oof. Welcome to hard life. Oh, well. Uh, I'm not going to be eating steak tartare anytime soon. Now, if you dig it, good for you. I would love to hear all about it. I, I want to know about it for sure. I don't know if you saw this story or not. In the Idaho Statesman, that's idahostatesman.com, National Barbecue Chain says it will stop using takeout bags with the image slash logo that resembles the Boise Pitmaster. This was the story that was first revealed to me uh, three or four days ago by a, a boy. John, are you in Boise? He's an Idaho guy. Dickie's Barbecue Pit decided to change out its takeout bags after they caused a Boise Pitmaster serious heartburn. Brad Taylor, owner of BBQ for Life, believes that Dickie's used his likeness and business logo on their products, including cups and takeout bags. He considered sending the company a cease and desist, but couldn't afford it. The statesman and other local media reached out to Dickies last week to find out if the company was aware of the situation. They apologized for causing confusion and upset. In a written statement to the statesman on Monday, said in a quote, At Dickies, our franchisees are local business owners, and we consider them part of our extended family. As such, we support and respect other hardworking local business owners who are passionate about great barbecue. Dickies believes in authentic barbecue and healthy competition and never intended to cause confusion nor upset within the barbecue community. Dickies is in the process of changing out stock of our takeout bags at all Dickies stores in the Boise market and beyond. We look forward to serving our loyal guests delicious barbecue in less confusing takeout bags. Well, I imagine if you're at Dickies Barbecue Pit and you see that takeout bag, you didn't think you were just magically transported to barbecue for life. But... If you go to Barbecue for Life and or you see the bag, let me see if I can't poke it up here real quick. So here it is. Uh, the guy on the right with the beard and the glasses and the cool hair. By the way, anybody who has more than me uh, in the hair department is cool. <laughs> and then you look at the takeout bag here on the left. Well, look what you got right there in the middle. Uh, you see Brad on the right. And on his knuckles, 
you can't see it really good here. On on his knuckles, he has tattooed BBQ and the numeral four on his right hand and on his left hand, L-I-F-E. Well, if you look on this takeout bag right here to the left, it's kind of a pretty hard argument to say that somebody might have saw Brad and decided that's a cool look. That would go good on our barbecue bag as well. Are we going to get caught? We're probably never going to get caught, whatever. But that is kind of a distinguished look. So if you have a Dickie's barbecue pit right by the Barbecue for Life store, somebody's probably going to find out about it. Or one of his buddies who's secretly eating at Dickie's and not at Barbecue for Life one time is going to see that bag and be like, hey, uh, Brad, why are you on the Dickie's takeout bag? And Brad is putting it down, holding it down in Boise. By the way, we're going to have him on, I think, in a week or two to talk about it. It's going to be great. And he's like, man, I wish I had some discretionary funds from a litigious standpoint so I could send the cease and desist to Dickie's, the largest barbecue chain in the country. And I would be right in line with Brad, by the way. I'd be like, I don't have the money to do that. I can't. I mean, that's me. By the way, if you looked really hard at that bag, right above it said Hardcore Carnivore. I don't know if Jess Pryles owns Hardcore Carnivore or if she cares that much, but that seemed odd as well. If that's not her trademark, then I think it might be a little bit more than a coincidence considering the likeness that the they put on that bag to the guy from Barbecue for Life. But again, we'll get his side here in a week or two. But they did the right thing. They backed out and said, okay, we're going to change out the stock. No problem. We love healthy competition. Let's all make great barbecue together. And then there's this. Is cantaloupe the next great meat alternative? What? Well, according to MSN.com, Duck's Eatery in New York City is selling a cantaloupe burger that's smoky, juicy, and totally tastes like real meat. Good news for New Yorkers who are tired of traditional meatless burgers. Tired? Duck's Eatery in Manhattan's trendy East Village neighborhood is serving a smoky, juicy burger that's made entirely of cantaloupe. And here's the thing. Thrillist reports that the mouthwatering burger tastes just like the real thing. To create the cantaloupe burger, Chef Will Horowitz cures and ferments the juicy meat, as well as smokes, slow bakes, and dehydrates it to mimic the texture and taste of meat. The dedication it takes to get the final product is for sure inspiring and timely. We've seen jackfruit take the form of meat recently, and companies like Beyond Meat create plant-based options that also feel, look, and at time bleed like meat. No telling whether cantaloupe burgers will become a thing, but they've got our vote. All right. They will not become a thing. Not on this show. Cantaloupe burgers... Jackfruit, uh, maybe, could become a thing. The Beyond Burger or the Impossible Burger, that is going to be a thing. That's a thing already. 
cantaloupe burgers, not going to be a thing. Tell me what you think about cantaloupe burgers. You going to do it? You going to bust out your cantaloupe and dehydrate it, smoke it, and bake it? So you can have a cantaloupe cheeseburger? Centralites, I know you're not going to do that. But you can check out Cook Shack. Cook Shack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard or on the competition circuit. Or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job with a full line of barbecue sizes, sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks. It's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice and share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. They still have one of those. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Morin. He'll be on in a week or so as well. The FEC 100 and PG 1000 always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow or hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing, with quality always being the top priority. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. That's right. The best in barbecue since 1962. You can call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit the website cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. All right, we are back with Deuce Raymond coming up out of the break. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back. giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue a man actually named meathead the author of a barbecue bible bloggers reviewers competitors and manufacturers by the dozens it's the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg rempe all right welcome back this portion of the show is being brought to you by Smithfield. Championship pitmasters are winning with Smithfield, and you can too commit to cooking with Smithfield this 2018 barbecue season, and you will receive smoke and swag just participating. There's only a few requirements to sign up, pay a small shipping fee of 25 bucks, and you have to be a member of one of the sport's major sanctioning bodies. Be sure to come back and track your first place finishes in pork and ribs to win great prizes through the Walk-In with Smithfield Incentive Program. More information always coming soon at this website, cooking, I'm sorry, smoking, S-M-O-K-I-N, smokingwithsmithfield.com. Use the hashtag, show us your Smithfield on Facebook and Instagram as well. 
getting an email from Lance Owens, common source of food poisoning. I'm going to get that here in a second. But Lance says, when we drive home from Costco, I eat raw hamburger all the time. Lance! Whenever I'm preparing steak for the grill, I trim a little piece off, salt it, and grind. (laughs) By the way, he's attached a nice little table of common sources of food poisoning, and I can tell you, running away with it is vegetables. Just another reason to not like vegetables. They'll kill you. The least, by the way, is seafood, so I feel good about that. Kind of high is beef. By the way, hey Deuce. Hey Greg. Hey, if uh, are you down with tiger meat sandwiches? I mean, you're not in Wisconsin, but I'm sure being a chef and all that stuff, you've heard of this craziness that happens up there. Would you eat tiger meat sandwiches? I would eat it. I have never cooked it, but tiger meat is a little crazy for me. But I would try it. I try anything. Okay, hold on a second. You, you're not aware of what I'm talking about. You're thinking about tiger, the real animal. Yes, I am. I'm talking about ground beef, raw, put on a cracker with some slivered onions and salt and pepper. Tiger meat. Oh, yeah. We call that wildcat. (laughs) You eat that? I did when I was a little kid. My mom fed it to me, and I'm alive. (laughs) Because you never knew any different, right? That's why you ate it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's poor man's tartar, baby. Yeah. Well, wow. Wow. I mean, it's so, (laughs) I don't know. It's so weird. It really freaks me out. By the way, we're talking with Deuce Raymond. Uh, You know him from Deuce's Wild, the barbecue sauce and the competition cooking team, also over at the Sweet Baby Ray's Catering. Um, Lots of things to talk about here, Deuce, uh, and I appreciate you rejoining me here. Uh, first things first, I know that you're going to be busy as far as in a uh, presentation sense here over the next month or so. And the first one lining up is that Cater Source convention that you have going on. Talk to me a little bit about that and what you're going to be covering. Sure. So, Cater Source is one of the largest catering conventions in the whole world. And I went first went there about 10 years ago and was absolutely blown away. Um, some of the, the presentations and some of the things they talk about is absolutely mind-blowing. If there's anybody getting into the catering business that's really taking it seriously, I would absolutely recommend going there. Um, you'll get a great education. You'll see some things that will inspire you. And absolutely, it's worth the money to go out there. Um, what I am going to be talking about is the future and evolution of barbecue, which when they first asked me to present there, they asked me for three concepts to speak on. And I gave them like barbecue catering 101, uh, authentically smoked meats fused with international flavor profiles. And then I also mentioned like how to elevate your barbecue experience or presentation. So I gave them all these ideas, listed them out, and they said, oh, that's great. And I'm like, well, which one? They said, we want you to talk about all three. So I was like a little shocked, but I didn't want to screw up my chance for being at the convention and speaking because honestly, that was like on my bucket list for things I wanted to do on my career because they have some of the top people in the whole world speaking about catering. And I was really honored to be there. So I have a 45-minute presentation, and I have to talk about a lot of topics. So it'll be interesting. I'm very excited. I leave on Saturday to go out to Vegas. And, you know, anytime you're in Vegas, that's always a good time. So I can't complain. 
So, uh, like, who are some of the big names that we would know just from a high-level sense are going to be attending there? You know, it's it's kind of challenging in the catering world because it's not as um, applicable into, like, the mainstream barbecue guys. Like, Bill Hansen's catering, never you probably have never heard of him, but he's just a massive um, caterer down in Miami, Florida. He's there every time. Michael Roman actually started the Cater Source Convention. Anybody in the big event world or uh, catering world knows that name. He's since passed away. But it's it's really hard to um, kind of say names that you would know because it's just high-level high caterers. Food for Thought and Blue Plate and the top executives at those companies will be out there. Um, we're actually using a uh, consultant that was the – the vice president of sales for Blue Plate, which is the largest caterer in Chicago. They do over $27 million in sales, and she's actually, uh, we use her as a consultant, and she's speaking out there. So Mark Link from Uncle Bub's, I know, will be out there. He's here, a local guy in Chicago, so he's a good guy. I plan to heckle him a little bit in my crowd, in the crowd. Deuce Raymond joining me here on the show, uh, Sweet Baby Ray's event group and the uh, director of uh, he's the director and culinary managing partner out there, also uh, Deuce's Wild's pitmaster. Let me ask you something, Deuce. You know, I was talking with Meathead last hour, and we were he was talking about some trends. He he really believes probably in something that you were just kind of alluding to is these international flavors. He's real big on the Asian flavor coming into the barbecue scene. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Latin flavor has been there for quite some time, obviously widely accepted. Sure. You bring a, a unique experience or viewpoint or uh, background into the whole barbecue scene because you are a chef. I mean, everybody all of a sudden loves to throw around the term chef when perhaps they aren't. Uh, To me, it's almost like uh, calling somebody a sergeant or a lieutenant who's just some, you know, common guy off the street. Like that's something that you have to earn. There's things that you need to do and progressions that you need to make in order to receive that title. How do you feel about the word chef and how it's just kind of thrown around willy-nilly anymore? You know, I definitely take it seriously. My dad was a chef. He went to culinary school. He ran restaurants and operations, and I was brought up in that world. I actually never wanted to be a chef because I saw how hard my dad worked. He was always <laughs> working nights and weekends and holidays. And um, But I found my passion for food when I moved out to Utah and worked for a female chef. And then I moved back to Chicago and went to culinary school for four years. I went and got my associate's degree, which most people get. And then the school I was attending, Kendall College, uh, just started their bachelor degree program as I was finishing up my first two years. The second uh, culinary school in the country that did a bachelor program for culinary arts specifically. And it was basically bribed by my dad and my uncle to stay in school for two more years, which was a challenge. But um so I take, I take it seriously. You know, I'm a chef. When I'm in the kitchen, I have a chef coat on. All our people, you know, follow all the health code rules and everything like that in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, it does bother me sometimes when I know when I see guys, like, wearing a chef coat. Maybe they're not calling themselves chef, but they're wearing a chef coat, and they're not really a chef. But, you know, everyone does their own thing, so I can't really say uh, judge people for what they do. I can just do what I do and and do what I think is right. So one of the other words that I've been asking people about, uh, and I was doing the whole chef thing for quite a while, is the term pit master. Uh, I think master kind of ruins the whole term. I think it should be done away with completely. Maybe we should call it pit boss or 
Pit Cook or something along, but when you add master to the end of anything, I think there's some kind of perceived snobbery or arrogance or that you're just peerless when it comes to barbecue cooks from across the country. What do you think about the term pit master? Well, it's funny because I was kind of preparing for this question because obviously I watched the show and I know you were talking to the other guys about it. And, you know, it's something that I just adopted that term. I have it on some of our literature and stuff like that. I just thought it was like a rite of passage. I'm a chef. I run a barbecue restaurant and catering company. I smoke for meat for thousands of people. I don't when I talk about barbecue, there's like four main categories to me. There's restaurants, there's catering, there's the festivals and like the rivers that go across the country and they do Reno Rib Fest and the Naperville Rib Fest out here and they cook thousands and thousands of cases of ribs a year. They cook more ribs than a competition guy will do in his whole career. And, And then there's competition. And I do all four of those. So I kind of adopted that term, but after analyzing a little more like you have, um, you know, maybe I just took that for granted as it was like a chef because I did the right things to be a chef. I, I was calling myself chef, you know, and, you know, putting a little more thought into it. Maybe it is a term that isn't right for for everybody to adopt, you know, a pitmaster. Maybe there should be some school or training or classes that you have to graduate from to be called that or something like that. But, uh, you know, it's an interesting question that you that you pose for sure. Or maybe it just means you're the dude that owns the smoker and you bought the meat and you're prepping it and cooking it until finish. And that's just what Pitmaster is, right? I mean, I can live with that. <laughs> pit dude. Yeah, I can live with that. I could be a Pitmaster if that's all it means. I mean, I think by I think that's where most people adopt Pitmaster. I don't think people are under the impression that they're that much better than the next guy or that if they're competing, you know, I'm the pit master and I'm better than, you know, Deuce and Rod Gray and Sterling Ball and all these other guys. They just are the guys that are responsible and pit master just happens to be the term that's out there. That's what I hope that we're talking about. Otherwise, we're a bunch of conceited a-holes. Talk to me about the uh, NBBQA. That's another thing you're going to be doing. I'm obviously going to be there uh, middle of next month. I'm going to be doing some live shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's a lot of other things that are happening on there. So if uh, people don't know about it, uh, can you just give me a little high level about the organization itself and what you're going to be doing there? Sure. So the NBBQA is the National Barbecue and Grilling Association. I've been involved for the last three years there. I've done presentations um, mainly about barbecue catering at those conventions. The last three years, it was in Jacksonville, then it was in Fort Worth, and now it's in Fort Worth again. I went years back uh, in Memphis the first time I met Mark Lambert, and I still remember this story about Mark. And uh, we were back in the kitchen, you know, and I was tipsy and just kind of wandering around the kitchen. He was prepping some pork shoulders, and I was just starting into the barbecue competition scene, and I was in the kitchen, and I was like, so I've been hearing about this money muscle. Can you show me where that is? And he looked at he looked at me, and he's like, money muscle? I don't know what you're talking about, kid. And I know, you know, now that I look back at it, he was just totally giving me the business. And uh, But Mark's a good friend. My uh, uncle is on the board, so I hear a lot of the, the conversations and things that are going on there on the, at a high level. 
Um, but I really honestly love going to the convention. I look forward to it every year. I see people there in the barbecue world that I only see that one time a year. You know, you see everybody and follow them on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, but um, to really get to interact with them, sit down, have a cold soda, and uh, hang out is, is really special. It's special time for sure. And I know a lot of the guys that go really feel the same way. Um, so this year I'm presenting on um, traditionally smoked meats fused with Asian flavor profiles, specifically Asian, and uh, it should be great. It's a, diff- it's a different type of presentation I've done in the past years, so it's really hands-on. We're going to be outside. I'm going to bring my whole competition rake down there, so I'm going to have smokers and grills, and uh, our executive chef, Mark, is going to be with me, and uh, it'll be a blast. And we do the steak cook-off, too. That's always a lot of fun. Everybody uh, tries their, their best to win. It's a SCA-sanctioned steak cook-off. I got third place last year, and uh, Linda Orson is... Uh, always giving me the business about that because I've tried so hard to win and she knows it. So uh, I'm real excited to go back and try to try to take that one home. What's your steak method, Deuce? You know what? I uh, Simple, for sure, but I have a uh, Texas beef rub that I use and I mix it with uh, White Lightning, the uh, Boris Night Out guys uh, steak seasoning. You had him on uh, a few months ago, maybe. Yep. And... Uh, just a little butter, hot and fast, grilled grates, Weber grill, and uh, we cook it to, you know, about 130, 132, a little little longer than you probably would at home, but they want it perfect medium, not medium rare. Um, and that's about it, you know, let the meat uh, speak for itself, and, and you have to get lucky, because there's all, at a steak cook-off, everyone's for the most part, dialed into what they're doing. You know, everyone cooks a steak, so you have to get lucky. You have to cook it right, and uh, you have to get hit a nice table. I'd mentioned it a couple times before, Deuce, you're the uh, Pitmaster Deuce's Wild Competition team. What yep. is the 2018 season looking like for you, and how many events are you hoping to get in over the course of the year? You know, so, so competition is something that I'm super passionate about. I love doing them. Um, it's just so tough to get out, you know, I'm definitely not uh, a Travis Clark or, you know, a getting basted or any of those type of guys that are doing it 40 times a year. I will be lucky if I do eight, you know, and what I'm going to do different this year or, or our team is doing different is we're going to do like three doubles so <laughs> we can sneak a few more in and uh, try to get one in early and then we'll do one later and then three doubles in the middle. So uh, the best competition I did last year was the one up in Green Bay. Uh, Tim Shop really does a great job putting all that stuff together. And uh, all the top guys in the country were there, or a lot of them anyways. Uh, and we ended up uh, RGC, and uh, the only guy that beat me was Travis Clark. So I definitely couldn't complain about that. So uh, I was, uh, I, I just had an awesome time up there. The accommodations are awesome. So I'm really looking forward to get back up there in Green Bay. You say you're very passionate about competition barbecue. What it is... What is it that draws you in? Is it just competition? Is there camaraderie factor? Is it uh, both or any number of things? Because there does seem to be kind of a, uh, a a bit of a dumpster fire going on over as it relates to KCBS right now between the organization and some of their cooks and things that have transpired here over the last number of weeks. I'm not certainly saying that it's going to be falling off or uh, dropping out of popularity, but there does seem to be kind of a, a rough patch that we're encountering here. So what do you find most enjoyable about competition barbecue and 
the question, uh, the second question would be, how do you think it would, or what do you think should happen in order to grow the sport more? Okay. Well, uh, to answer the first part of the question, what am I passionate about or competition barbecue is definitely the camaraderie and then the competition part. I'm a very competitive person and I always want to win or be the best at whatever I'm doing. So when I was in, when I was younger, that was basketball. You know, I played basketball all the time. I was on two different teams when I was in high school and stuff like that. And I just took it very seriously and that's what I wanted to do. And unfortunately I was 250 pounds and six one. And that didn't, that didn't equate to a great basketball player. That's linebacker. I think, right? Yeah, right. That I didn't like football, playing football. Now I like watching them. But anyways, it's like, so I treat it like a sport and I, you know, I get the best meats, you know, and I take my time trimming the meats. I make all my sauces and rubs and I just take it very seriously and I want to win. And, you know, the way I explain it is I have somewhat of an unfair advantage to some people is because I have a full facility, a full catering production kitchen where I can prep my meats on and, I just have advantages that the average guy probably doesn't have. And I have classic culinary training. I have, you know, a team of people that help me load the truck and unload it and clean the stuff up. So um, I feel that at any game, no matter who I'm competing against, I have a chance. You know, I, I'm not saying I, I'm better than anybody, but I have a chance when I when I go out to compete because, you know, I've been doing it long enough that that I'm out there. So... As long as I have a chance and uh, and I'm a I have a chance to win, then I'm excited about going to do something like that. Um, as it pertains to KCBS and what's going on there, I try not to get too involved with that, and I I hope that either they correct some of the issues they've been having because I definitely want to keep doing it, and I I think the sport will grow. Um, it's such a small part of the barbecue world, though, mm-hmm. as a whole. When you consider restaurants and catering and backyard barbecue, competition barbecue is like just a minute section of that. So I don't know how much more it can grow, but it just it seems to be growing in popularity uh, as the last four or five years, especially. So coming up, forward to doing it more. Yeah, coming up this weekend, you can uh, hear Deuce talk at the Cater Source Convention if you're going to be hanging out there, especially if you're looking to get into that whole catering situation. Uh, so you can check that out. Uh, also, mid-next month, he's going to be at the National Barbecue and Grilling Association's conference, which I will also be there as well. So, Adus, you're obviously invited to come on and do a live hit as well here in a handful of weeks. And uh, uh, we'll see how that whole live broadcast from a remote location may or may not go. I mean, who knows? We'll see how that happens together. Uh, but uh, as always, I certainly appreciate the time, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Greg. Great to be here. You got it. There he is. Deuce Raymond, everybody. All guests appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. Yummy. That's right. So uh, he is the Sweet Baby Ray's Events Group Director of Culinary and the Managing Partner. So check him out. Uh, If you're out there in the Chicagoland area and you're looking for a caterer, might want to check him out, of course. His uncle, Sweet Baby Ray. You ever heard of him? Yeah, you bet. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. 
Love the Green Mountain Grills. I have two Green Mountain Grills right there on my patio as we speak. The Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone. Both, uh, the Jim Bowie is the biggest model that they currently offer. The Daniel Boone is medium-sized. Then they have the Davy Crockett. That's a smaller one, the more of the tailgate version. So if you uh, live in an area where tailgating is very popular or maybe you love to fish or camp, I mean, I don't understand camping myself, but there is a contingent of folks out there in the Americas and the world that find joy and revel in the camping as it takes place. But you want to be able to barbecue and smoke and grill and bake, smoke roast. Well, the Davy Crockett is something that can literally run out of your inverter in your car. Plug it in, away you go. And even though it is portable, you're not sacrificing capacity for portability. You can probably get uh, two pork butts in there easily if you want to TP them up together where they kind of touch in a tripod situation. You can probably get three if you wanted. And again, really good size hopper, priced competitive. Not a lot of other options out there when it comes to tailgate pellet cookers. The Daniel Boone and the Jim Bowie are more of those backyard traditional style models. 20-pound pellet hoppers, low pellet alarm, Wi-Fi integrated. If you get the Wi-Fi models, download the app. Very easy to use. You can save your cooks. You can put in your own customized cooks. If you want to cook pork butt at uh, 185 degrees for four hours, and then after that time elapses, you want the cooker to bump up 75 degrees or 100 degrees, all you have to do is make that note. And then once that threshold is met within the app, It makes all the adjustments on the cooker for you right there. You also have the internal meat probe that you can use so you can ramp the cooker up or down, but you also get the internal temperature reading of the meat. That can also affect how that cooker operates depending on how you're setting it up. And the best part for me, you know, Green Mountain Grills definitely can supply you with wood pellets if you want. Green Mountain Grill wood pellets, they're high quality. They taste good, great blends. You don't have to worry about mixing so much of this and so much of that. The Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone accommodate the pizza grill insert. This thing's less than 150 bucks. It's got to be one of the most popular items out there today. Get it. Use it. High heat pizza. $150. You don't have to spend thousands anymore. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, this segment brought to you by Fireboard, one of our new sponsors as well. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. And if you have Alexa or Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both right now. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com. That's F-I-R-E board, B-O-A-R-D, fireboard.com or call 816 845-2232. That's 816-945-2232. Thanks to Ted Conrad and the gang out there at Fireboard. 
for their support of the show. And if you don't have one, like if you're debating on whether to get the Thermoworks smoke unit with gateway or the fireboard, let me tell you, I have seen many different polls on many different barbecue and grilling websites. They all say the same thing. Get the fireboard. Don't fall for anything else. Six different ports, cloud-based monitoring. You can go anywhere in the world, and as long as you have the app and you can hook into your network, you can see everything that's happening there. Plus, they do have that fan option for one of those ports, too, so not only is it a monitoring station of seismic and gargantuan proportions, it can be an automatic temperature control device to a certain degree as well. So there you go, fireboard.com. All right, so now we're open. If you want to jump in on the show, I can try and mix you in if you see fit. 216-220-0966. I was given this story, no names please. It was all over social media. It has an accompanying video that is one for the ages. I don't know this guy personally. I've seen him around the worldwide internets. I've read some of his posts. I have uh, no opinion to date. He is uh, Justin Margist. And I don't know if you're familiar with Rectech, but uh, they are also a pellet cooker manufacturer, and they have recently come out with a pellet grill that looks like a kettle-style cooker. I don't know if it's out to compete with a Weber-style charcoal grill or if it's just supposed to be a kettle-style cooker that's still more of a barbecue item, what have you. I don't have a lot of information on what Rectech is offering. But he either got one for free as like a test or he bought one and and I guess, I guess I'm hoping that he bought it. Because when you see the video here in just a second, and by the way, if you're catching this on podcast only, you are going to have to go to my YouTube page, which you can find or navigate to via my website, the bbqcentralshow.com. Or you can go to my Facebook page slash BBQ Central Show and check out the replay because the video is something else and you're going to see it here in just a second but here's the write-up justin margus writes decided to get me one this is one i think it's called the bullseye from Rectech. overall i think it's a pretty good porch model for a backyard barbecuer from a competition barbecuer standpoint it can use some improvements video to follow i rate it six out of ten with five being average and expected I'm sure the manufacturer will make improvements from customer feedback. Here are some of the items that he's listed. Instructions are not too good for assembly as a man that deals with schematics or repair electrical wiring to repair electrical wiring. Excuse me. It could use some improvement. I just used common sense and counted the washers, bolts, nuts, and washers. He must have got two separate kinds of washers and matched them up. Number two, the hardware package was a nightmare to open. With normal household tools, I ended up using a breakaway razor to cut everything out, but I can see people just flinging hardware everywhere trying to open that packaging. 
Maybe use correlating bags that might be better. Number three, during assembly, the porcelain cracked and chipped in a lot of places where the bolts were tightened. Number four, the lid does not fit very tight. Number five, the pit does fire up and get to temp super fast for grilling. So far, that's like the only positive. <laughs> Number six, never experienced a flame out, which is a plus for the controller. All right, so that's two good things. Number seven, the dome lid is in need of more exhaust. It leaks big time around the lid. Number eight, the pellet hopper is in need of a larger CFM fan. Or maybe the exhaust would fix that. It smokes bad and backdrafts through the pellet hopper, which is a no-no for pellet smokers. A person can unknowingly burn their house or garage down if they leave it. Number nine, on the first use, the lid is already warped. Number 10, it's a grill that makes a great burger, not as hot as I had hoped since I grill it around 700 degrees normally. The shortfalls of this grill can be easily fixed, I believe. Performance, I thought, was good, as can be expected from a pellet grill, but definitely a good product videos to follow. So I think 20% were fairly complimentary. The, the instructions were bad. The hardware packaging was bad. The porcelain cracked. The lid isn't tight and it warped. The dome lid needs exhaust. The pellet hopper smokes. It needs a bigger CFM fan. And for that, 6 out of 10. What? That's a 6 out of 10? 70% was bad. That's 6 out of 10. Now, here's the video. And you tell me if this is 6 out of 10. This thing burned a freaking hole in the hopper where the smoke's coming out, where the pellet has back drafted. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to back it up here real quick. Let me show you again here. It wasn't starting from the beginning. So this is the cooker itself. All right, maybe you missed that. Here you go. All right, so I had enough of this junk. I've had enough of this junk. This is a cooker that's being rated 6 out of 10, mind you. Unplugs it. Now, if, if you're watching along with me here, on the right-hand side, if you've never seen a pellet cooker before, that is where the wood pellets go. The top is open. It is smoking like a, uh, an old-timey choo-choo train leaving out of the wild, wild west. So it has obviously backdrafted. Now, if you don't know what a backdraft is, that means the pellets started burning back in reverse, not just burning in the pot and being fed in through the auger tube, but they're burning from the front of the auger tube and they're chaining all the way back to where the rest of the pellets are in the hopper. And now we have a fire situation. Like the worst thing that can happen from a pellet manufacturer standpoint is to have a backdraft or a... Um, 
a pellet, a hopper burnout where it burns all the way from the front to the back of the tube, getting into the main portion of the hopper. And now you basically have however many pounds of unlit fuel to potentially go up. It's a bad situation. No doubt about it. This thing is smoking like crazy. I'll continue. He walks right through the smoke in case you missed it. He's choking. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. <laughs> we have to scrub that. All right, so here's what's about to happen. You can see it. It's smoking like crazy. There's a hole in the hopper. The smoke coming out where this pellet has back drafted. Yeah. So. Pay attention if you're watching. And there it goes, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I think of it. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me get that back up and running for you. Take it to the end. Take it to the end of the cement pad and then give it a wing. Woof. What is that, 20 feet away? That's what I think of it. <laughs> Justin. My man must lift serious weights. He threw that thing like 20 feet. And of course, the pellets fly out. It's ashy and sparky and smoky. It's very dramatic. My man threw the grill off of his porch in disgust. Did you forget, folks? He rated it 6 out of 10. <laughs> Justin, my man, if you are rating it 6 out of 10, and you are tossing it off of your cement pad in the back of the house, what do you do with 8 out of 10? <laughs> Worse yet, what do you do with like 3 out of 10? Do you take out the 50 millimeter automatic cannon and just start hosing it down like crazy? <laughs> 6 out of 10. That thing got tossed. Wow. That, that can't be 6 out of 10. Hole in the hopper. There was like 70% things that were wrong with it on the write-up. Things that could easily be fixed. So as I back up to my original thoughts and hopes, I kind of hope that Justin bought it and now he's pissed because it backdrafted. And it's a potential safety hazard. There's no question about that. It's not good. You don't want it up by your house. I get it. So I'm hoping that he spent the money on it and he's just pissed that he spent the money on it and he rifled it off of his patio into the dark Texas night. <laughs> Kids are like next door like, Mommy, UFO just landed in Mr. Marcus' backyard. <laughs> What's going on? 
It smells like wood pellets. I would hate to think that Rectech gave him one and he's just like passing it off as like decided to get me one, but they gave him one. Because I think even if you hate it, and again, if he bought it and he did it, what I'm about to say completely cancels out because it doesn't apply. He laid out his cash. He owns it. He doesn't like it. He took video of him throwing it away like dudes in high school throw away girlfriends, and that's it. That's up to him. If it was given it, if it was given to him to test and he did this, I think that is a bad look. Because just like kids in high school and middle school and elementary school with their phones recording everything, it gets out on the internet, somebody sees it, somebody takes it, somebody copies the video, and boom, it is all over the place. And if they gave you that grill to review, it was probably more of a professional courtesy once you see it backdraft. I get it. That's not a good look. That's a potential safety hazard. To call the company and say, hey, you gave me this thing to review. I'm not going to put it up. I don't want to trash it. But here are the things that need to transpire or be fixed in order for me to get around this deal and, and get a, give it a positive review. Or, hey, I'm not going to give this a positive review right now. I'm going to list out exactly what happened in a very professional manner and let people make up their own minds. And then if you can fix these things, then I'll go ahead and readjust my initial evaluation of this product. But if they gave that to you, I don't know if you can do them like that. There's got to be some kind of a more professional review than taking that thing once it backdrafted and throwing it 50 yards into your back lawn. (laughs) And again, if he bought that cooker with his own money and he owned it and he threw it, okay. (laughs) I mean, that dude must be strong. He tossed it. Wow. Jeff, let me know what happened there. Did they give that to you or did you really buy it? Reach out. Hit me up. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. I would love to know. <laughs> uh, if you want that video, uh, hit me up as well. I'll send it to you. He had had enough. He was choking in the smoke. It was like, this is effed. This grill's out. <laughs> Justin should be signing up for the hammer toss in the 2020 Olympics. Forget about the 2018 Winter Olympics. Justin Marcus hammer toss 2020 Olympics in wherever the hell they're going to be. Start training, Justin. You threw that grill like a champion hammer thrower. You know what's more impressive with Justin's toss? He was videotaping it. So he threw that grill with one hand, loaded down with pellets. Review the tape. (laughs) One-handed toss and kept video on it. That is impressive. Not a good look for Rectech. And if they gave it to Justin, not a really good look for Justin. But we will wait to see what the story is here. 
very much looking forward to. All right. We're going to wrap up the first hour. And when we come back, your questions and emails, if you see fit, Greg, at thebbqcentralshow.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. never heard this before you might think you found the best triple x show ever let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today craig rimpy all right welcome back greg at the bbq central show.com if you want to weigh in here as we wrap up the show Getting emails coming in going, Greg, is that a trick video? Is that your house? I mean, you know that's not my house. I live in Cleveland. I live in a very small suburb. I do not have acreage like that video has. 20 feet outside of my back door, slider back door, is my fence. If that was me, I would have had to clear my fence, or I would have cleared my fence with that toss. I can tell you that. That was no joke. I'm still a little bit disturbed by the amount of people emailing the show right now that are telling me that they eat ground meat raw a lot. It's not just Wisconsin, although the Board of Health in Wisconsin said, hey, we know that this is the time of the year when you guys and gals love to eat raw hamburger meat on saltine crackers with salt and pepper and raw slivered onions. I mean, I love everything about that except the raw slivered onions, by the way. I hate raw onion. Grilled onion? Delish. Raw onion. Ew. Is it sweet? Like, do you eat it? Really? Lance was saying that he... was it? Is it Lance? Yeah. Lance saying that he eats it on the way home from, like, Costco. Like it's a score bar or a Milky Way. Hey, Dad, can we get a Milky Way? No, 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 no. Here, boy, eat some of this raw ground meat. You'll thank me later. Hey, all the way back in the first hour, we talked with Meathead Goldwyn, the creator of AmazingRibs.com. Talked about a number of things. Go back and re-listen to the podcast if you want. Also, in the second hour, we talked with Deuce Raymond, Pitmaster Deuce's Wild Competition Team, and the owner... 
creator of Deuce's Wild Barbecue Sauces. He's also the chef over at Sweet Baby Race Catering. So again, if you are in that Chicagoland area and you're looking for a caterer, check him out also at the convention that he's going to be at next week, or I'm sorry, this coming week, weekend, talking about catering and state of barbecue and all that stuff. He's also going to be at the National Barbecue and Grilling Association, as will I, in mid-March. Big show planned next week. Hope you join me. Until next Tuesday, this is your program host, and I'm September 11th, 2001. Until next Tuesday, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.